Hello and welcome to the Week 5 Kawhi and Friends Fantasy Podcast on the Omni Sports Network. This week's podcast is sponsored by Reality Television. Reality Television? Really hot men piss each other off because of their balls? That's right. Basketball and reality TV are no different. We're going to talk about a few of those dramatic storylines of this week, and then we will get into some career milestones that were passed this week. Our first listener requested section entitled, Talk About Why Jokic is Being Such a Bitch. Not my words someone else's we'll also talk about the play in tournament trends that are happening in basketball and current standings of teams and we'll talk about the best players in nine category leagues last week in terms of individual categories and if you make it that far we'll talk about our own fantasy podcast so if you're not listening uh if you are listening and you are not part of the Kawhi and friends fantasy uh league uh, you might want to tune out then, or if you want to follow the drama throughout the whole year, you can listen and learn what teams are doing what. On to our first storyline of the week. It is only three. Excuse me for a second. Pops can on the mic. We stop all the boo and let these guys play. It's not old class. It's not who we are. Knock off the boo. Pop telling the fans to lay off Kawhi Leonard. But that's not San Antonio. That's right. Greg Popovich did something I don't think I've ever seen. He grabbed the microphone and told the fans to stop booing. Now, for some context, if you don't know, Kawhi Leonard, who was at the free throw line at the time and getting the boos, used to be a San Antonio Spur. And him leaving was one of the most dramatic storylines of that year. If you didn't know the drama, basically Kawhi was saying, yo, Spurs, I'm hurt. And the Spurs were like, no, you're not. And there were differences in medical opinions that led to turmoil. A lot of people didn't know whose side to take, whether Kawhi or the Spurs. Kawhi had no reason for us not to believe him. But the Spurs also historically have been a pretty well-run franchise. So you couldn't imagine. Eventually led to Kawhi being traded to the Raptors where they won a championship. And then he went to the Clippers. And so there's some bad blood and animosity uh, for San Antonio Spurs fans. And it's one of those situations where I don't blame them, but I also don't necessarily blame Kawhi. But what Popovich did here to ask them to stop booing uh, he said after the game was so that you don't poke the bear. So maybe it wasn't being so much nice to his former player, but knowing that his former player can destroy teams because he saw it firsthand every week. And on to our second storyline. This is what Hall of Famer Kevin Garnett said about Jordan Poole. Don't belong in all league, bro. Damn, in the league. He does not belong in the league as a he's the head of a team, Pete. Nah. And uh, all I'm going to say is Jordan Poole is not looking good right now uh, in the media. The media is going after him as a Jordan Poole fantasy owner. It's really difficult. Uh, and, you know, he's been kind of, for lack of a better term, the punching bag of the league the last week or so. And I think that it's somewhat justified. It's unfortunate because I think a lot of people forget when the Warriors won the championship a few years ago, two years ago. I forget time. It's all made up anyway. Um, Jordan Poole was actually really important to that championship run. He was actually really clutch in some playoff games. And then after the Draymond incident, I'm not saying the Draymond incident caused it. I'm just saying since that moment, um, 
we've been seeing this from pool and we thought maybe a change of scenery would be good for him. I mean, I'll be honest, the wizards, uh, I don't think their coaching staff or management, someone that makes important decisions on the wizards is not interested in that team winning. And I typically don't blame the players in this situation. I think players want to win, but those in management get to choose which players play and what combination of players play. And I think that can lead to some issues. And that's what we're kind of seeing with the Wizards, which leads to my third storyline of the week. They're having a lengthy conversation right now. Do you think that they're on each other's Christmas list? Do you think they send each other Christmas cards, Scott Foster and Chris Paul? This has been going on for 13 years. Scott Foster had enough. He had had enough after a lengthy conversation. Don't know if... Chris Paul had said something different than maybe he... Oh, he's going to get tossed. There it is. Scott Foster says goodbye. And uh, this is what Chris Paul had to say about the situation. Yeah, it's, it's personal. Yeah, we had a situation some years ago, and it's personal. You know what I mean? Like, the league know, everybody knows. It's been a meeting and all that, and it's just a situation with my son, and so it's... Yeah, we. I'm I'm okay with a ref talking, you know, saying whatever, saying just don't use a tech to get your point across. You know what I mean? So now, if you're unfamiliar, Chris Paul and Scott Foster, they have beef. Yes, that's right. A referee and a real life future Hall of Fame basketball player have legitimate beef. This isn't like oh, blah, blah, blah. Chris Paul's winning record with Scott Forster as a referee in the playoffs is like six and like 40 and Chris Paul, even though he hasn't won a championship, he's a good player. He should never have a six and 40 record in anything. Basically, Chris Paul was ejected pretty quickly. Steph was holding him back. I think Steph is like, please, can my teammates stop getting kicked out of games? That would be awesome. But I'll be real. I think this is such a bad look on the referee. Like this game of basketball is not about you. It's I mean, it's not necessarily about Chris Paul, but like, you you need to be non-emotional and it's so clear he can't be not biased against Chris Paul and and if you can't have a referee that's going to officiate the game of basketball legitimately for any player I don't care who that player is the NBA needs to make a better effort that he never refs Chris Paul because that game the Suns got more free throws than they've gotten a game in like five or six years and that's just not acceptable like you can't be changing ask actual real life basketball because you're being petty and like listen their beef may be legitimate i don't know but like this shouldn't be happening right this ruins the product that is basketball i'm not here to watch refs i'm not here to (laughs) i'm watch i'm here to watch players that are getting ejected by refs who are clearly not interested in not being biased in the situation but in some better news, we have here. Collins also has three straight double doubles. LeBron triple got it. That's right. LeBron got his 39,000 point. That is so many points. For context, Kareem, who he passed last year, has 38,387. And I think all of us are thinking, how far will LeBron go? I know a lot of people are talking about if he'll go 40, 10, and 10 in terms of 1,000. 40,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, and 10,000 assists, and he would be the first player to ever do that. And our serious news story of the week 
uh, Josh Giddy. There have been reports coming out that he may have done inappropriate things with minors. Again, this is all rumors and allegations, so I'm not saying whether something happened or didn't happen, but just to be aware of as a basketball fan that um, that this is a story that will likely um, permeate part of the year. The NBA is currently doing an investigation. Maybe upon investigating, they'll find out nothing, or maybe they'll find out something and we'll see a suspension or something of that nature. Um, typically, I feel like sports, um, they don't do a good enough job in these situations if allegations are found to be true. Uh, but again, we don't know, but just something to keep an eye on. And if you are um, playing fantasy basketball and you have him as a player, maybe that makes you want to make different decisions or be aware he may be suspended. I'm not here to tell you how to legislate morality on your fantasy team or how you watch basketball. But just something to be aware of, that this is a potentially very serious situation brewing um, in OKC. Kevin Durant took this week to be on Twitter like he does most weeks. Uh, If you don't know, Durant loves um, he loves tweeting. He loves he loves tweeting fans who are angry at him. Um, Younger in his career, I think it was bad for him mentally. Now I think he does it as like a sort of I'm confident. I don't care what people think. I can make a whole podcast about Durant's Twitter usage, but that that's another conversation for another day. But Durant tweeted uh, to those who play fantasy sports or basketball betting, sports betting, things of that nature. When I get paid, you don't DM me and send me a small percentage to my cash app. But when them parlays don't hit, I'm in every name in the book. Y'all ain't real. And just your general reminder, we're doing fantasy sports. This is a competitive activity that we like to do. Never tweet players because they did a bad performance. That's ridiculous. Like they are professional athletes doing their best and things happen, right? Things happen for chance or, you know, they're not here to make fantasy sports or win people money in sports betting. They're here to play a game, a game that we try to rationalize with numbers, but there's no way to rationalize any game truly with numbers as much as we try to do in fantasy sports. We are seeing this now with more of an influx of sports betting happening across all sports. You know, you see uh, DraftKings, underdog commercials and all the sporting events. So as this happens, I think this will become more of an issue. Once used to really discourage talk of gambling or thinking about gambling, this is why for a long time there was no professional um, franchise in Vegas. And now we see everyone's flocking to Vegas. that they're promoting gambling, that the, the, the sports are. And I'm not saying they should or shouldn't be. That's another conversation. But as you get more people watching sports purely for the sports betting aspect, I think you're going to have more of this aggressive fan uh, reaction. And, you know, I want my players to do well in fantasy basketball, but ultimately I'm a fan of basketball. And fantasy sports is just a way for me to, a new way for me to connect to different players. So what I would do with players is if they win you a championship, buy their jersey or, you know, if they uh, have a charity that they started or support, you know, sports can be a force for good. And I think as fans, it's really up to us how to make sure we create a good, welcoming sports community. And so I think this will get worse as time goes on. So please, please, you know, don't do that. Don't do that shit because it ain't cool. And in our new segment, our new fan requests of the week, 
Here's the audio. He's hot. You better be careful. Oh boy. This. Another technical and bye-bye. This is a foul. I don't think it's a tech or is it a tech? Now, this fan, who shall not be named, wanted me to talk about why Jokic is being a little bitch. Uh, he's been thrown out of a couple of games, and the Nuggets have been kind of trending downwards. You know, I think there could be frustrations after a championship year. I think there's the this duality of we know we can do it and we don't have to maybe try as hard but at the same time other teams are probably giving more of their best uh i often joke as a lakers fan that people who have day-to-day injuries on other teams magically are fine when they get to play the lakers and i think that's true in a lot of competitive activities right you want to play the best and be the best and the nuggets were the best last year and so you get played harder Maybe because you become a champion, right? Referees could treat you differently for better or for worse, right? I think sometimes that happens, but I think there's a lot of frustration that can happen. We're seeing that spoiled over with Jokic, who is uh, usually pretty composed and has been composed as a player. And, uh, you know, I don't know if this is him trying to uh, show more energy, make teammates care more. I don't know. I know there's the sort of meme about Jokic not caring about basketball at all that he totally plays into. Uh, But this dude clearly cares about basketball. And also, I don't want him to be pissed at me because I think he would break me. He would break me so easily. I would not even have time to think Jokic is mad because I would be dead already. Let's look at the play-in tournament. That's right, this new play-in tournament, which I will say prematurely, as we've not gotten to the semifinals, the last day of the play-in tournament is tomorrow, November 28th. Uh, I would say it's a success. I think people are talking, people are caring, and it gives these early months of basketball, which can often feel pretty hollow, something interesting to pay attention to. So in East Group A, you have the Pacers, who are 4-0 and advancing. East Group B, we have the Bucks, who are 3-0, who, if they win their last game, would advance. We also have the Knicks, the Knicks and Heat at 2-1. and one. Um, In East Group C, you have the Magic, who are 3-1, and one, um, and most likely going to get, uh, get the uh, spot there. There is a chance that they could lose it, based off of point differential. In West Group A, we have the Lakers, who are 4-0. The Lakers were the first team to officially be in the play-in, just because of how their schedule was. Um, but saying it that way makes them seem more impressive, even though that's just chance that their games were earlier. And West Group B, we have the Pelicans, who are 3-1, and one, um, and then you have the Rockets, who are 2-1, and one, who could potentially uh, pass them if they win with enough point differential. In West Group C, you have the Kings, who beat the Timberwolves, uh, and the Kings are 3-0, and oh, and likely your, uh, will likely be the winners of that group. But you also have the Timberwolves and the Warriors, who also... Uh, invested or her two and one have a chance in terms of the wild card spot. So again, the way this works, there's three groups and then there's one wild card spot. 
So in the wild card, um, I'll list teams four, five, and six for each. So in the East, you have the Knicks, who are two and one with an 18-point differential. You have the Heat, who are two and one with an 11-point differential. And then you have the Nets, who are two and one with an eight-point differential. There's a few other two and one teams. But what makes this super interesting is because point differential is a tiebreaker. During the normal basketball year, if your team is up in the fourth quarter, you rest everyone, right? Because like how many how you win games doesn't really matter. It just matters that you win them. But in this play in tournament, point differential matters. And so you're saying teams in the fourth quarter that are blowing out teams still care and still try, um, which I think is um, really, really cool. In terms of the rest of the East standings, we have uh, in third, we have the Orlando Magic. And then in second, you have the Bucks. If the Bucks win their game, uh, they'll be 4-0 and they'll be the one seed. But right now in the clubhouse, the Pacers are the one seed at 4-0. The Bucks and Pacers both have a 39-point differential. So for the Bucks to win, they, of course, have to win by a point. So they would pass them in the point differential. In the West, uh, we have in the clubhouse the Lakers, who are 4-0. Um, and they have a 74-point differential. Uh, it'll be very hard for the Kings, who are 3-0, to pass them unless they beat golden state by like by 50 which is not impossible but i i it's not likely you're going to be golden state by 50 um and then you have the pelicans who are the three seed and then on the bubble we have the suns who are the clubhouse wildcard leader they have they're three and one with 34 point differential then you have the rockets who have a 16 point differential so and then you have the Warriors with a five point differential. So in order for the Rockets to pass the Suns, they would have to beat Dallas by 18 or 19. And then the Warriors would have to beat the Kings by 30. So the Warriors King game is going to be spicy because both teams need a blowout to move up in the in the in the rankings. But beyond the play in tournament, looking at season standings in the East, we have in third uh, or tied in second, you have the uh, Milwaukee Bucks and you have the Orlando Magic who are looking really good. They're a young team that I think is exciting and they have a lot of good players. Um, and if I recall last year, the Magic started strong and then just kind of disappeared. I don't see that happening again this year. And then the one seed is Boston. Well, Boston's a well-oiled machine. They know what they're doing. They're The West, you have tied for third. You have Phoenix and Denver, who are on opposite trajectories. Denver has lost a few games recently. Their last 10 games, they're 5-5. Five and five, Whereas you have Phoenix, who's won seven games in a row, and their last 10, they're 8-2. and two. In second, you have the Oklahoma City Thunder, who are 8-2 and two in the last 10. And then you have Minnesota, who's 8-2 in the last 10. Uh, Minnesota is 12-4. and four. Uh, in terms of trends, basketball is interesting right now because most, I think 24 of the 30 teams have a streak of one or two wins or losses, meaning there's been a lot of mix up in the last couple of weeks. But you have the Magic and the Suns, both who have a seven game winning streak. Uh, the next highest winning streak, I think, is two games. So these two teams are clearly the hottest teams in their respective conference by by a lot. On the flip side. We have some losers. You have the Wizards who've lost nine in a row. You have the Spurs who've lost 12 in a row. But that doesn't stop them because the Pistons have lost 13 games in a row. 
Um, I think we know which three teams are trying their best to get a lottery pick. Um, those ones. Uh, but besides that, pretty much all the teams, uh, minus a you know a random four-game losing streak, are pretty much equal. All right, next we're going to be looking at individual players of the last week. Who is the best in their respective categories? You have in points Jason Tatum, uh, who is on Kevin's team, and you have uh, Devin Booker, who's on Argy's team. Tatum has 148, Booker had 147. They were so close that I felt I should include them both. But on the flip side, worse in turnovers was also Tatum on Kevin's team with 21. It's not uncommon that the person who scores the most points will have a lot of turnovers because they have the ball a lot. In steals, steals being maybe the least predictable stat, this is the third week in a row where the leader of steals is uh, is one of the players is not on a roster. So you have Matisse Thibel, who has 14, who you could pick up right now as I'm recording this podcast. He's only owned in 2% of leagues. And then you also have Dyson Daniels, who had 13 steals. I have Dyson Daniels, and a lot of that comes from he had one game of six steals, which kind of came out of nowhere, and I don't think is predictable, but I certainly like those stats. Then in assists, the winner this week had 45 assists, which is interesting because last week the best person had 45 assists, but we have some different players. You have Tyrese Halliburton and Fred Van Fleet on Millie and Cameron's teams respectively, who uh, both got 45 exactly. With a repeat, and the only repeat from week to week, we got Jokic again first in rebounds with 58 on Cameron's team. In three-pointers, we got Trey Young, um, who we have on Kenny's team in free throw percentage. I broke this into two like I did last week. The best 100% shooter was DeAndre Hunter, who had 15 of 15 free throws and was on Zach's team. And then you had Shy, who was 34 of 35 with 97% last week um, and also on Zach's team. Um, and then in... Uh, Field goal percentage, my cutoff for this is whoever attempted 50 field goals or more in the week. You might say, Bobby, that's arbitrary. And I'll tell you what. Everything's arbitrary. Money, numbers, fantasy, sports, it's all made up. Society, it's all made up. We're all going to die one day. But that doesn't matter, right? Right? Because we have sports and we get to enjoy them and we get to have fun. But anyways, Jarrett Allen shot 37 of 54 last week at a 68.5% clip and he's on Millie's team. Now, looking to the Kawhi and Friends uh, last week leaders and best teams. So, again, what I do here is I composite what's called a Roto score. Roto is a style of fantasy. You see that more in baseball where you just tally all um, stats in different categories and you try to win each of the categories rather than head to head matchups like we have now. It's sort of a it's an all or nothing. Um, Roto is probably the fairest way to do fantasy sports, but is also by far the most boring. So um, and that's honestly true of sports, right? You look at sports, they don't have playoffs, right? They just have a season, which is probably objectively the fairest thing to do. Everyone has the same amount of games. Who wins the most? We like these tournaments. We like to create these high stakes situations where there could be underdogs, right? I think this is why football is so successful because you never really know who's going to win. Um, thankfully, basketball is getting much better at this as I think there are a lot of good teams. Enough of me on my soapbox. Uh, last week, our three weekly leaders we had in third, we had Kenny. In second, we had Kevin. And in first, we had Jesse back on top. 
in terms of best teams for the season, this is now looking at the season, in terms of Roto score, so this does not include um, winning percentage, which I include in my official power rankings, uh, but just best Roto score. You have tied for first, you have Jesse and Kenny, and then tied for third, you have Zach and actually myself. And that hurts that I'm tied for third because I have a losing record, but it's okay. I'm going to remain optimistic. But in terms of overall season standings, we have our podium. For the first time, I think not on it, we had Kenny, who was honorable mention in fourth. We have in third, we have Geraldine, who's in first overall um, and in, uh, in terms of actual record. And second, I have Zach as my power rankings second place. And re- reclaiming the top spot once again, we have Jesse my girlfriend who uh is her goal in fantasy sports is not to win it's to destroy and when she told me that and said that to me i said Whew. that is the hottest thing i've ever i've ever heard like holy holy shit anyways i hope that you enjoyed another week of fantasy basketball and the Kawhi and friends podcast and this week is brought to you by destroying your enemies May they not be recognizable after you face them. Godspeed and God bless you all.